You're listening to ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, part of the SB Nation family of blogs. To keep my hands on myself. Welcome back, boys and girls, to ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. I am your co-host, Irish Tightness, at Irish Tightness on Twitter, my brother to my right, Indy McFly. That's right. That's me. I'm on the right. I'm in the co-pilot seat now. He is the co-pilot, and we are here to talk to you about Notre Dame football, of which we are fans, hence the name ND Fan Fan Radio. (laughs) Pretty freaking original. We're fans. You listen to it. We didn't. Uh, we didn't do a show after the Stanford game. Uh, so the last uh, last uh, event, last episode we had was the Miami. No, Navy. No, Navy. I don't. It, it, after the Miami game, it's like it's just there's a blur, how, isn't it? It's hard to care. It's a blur it, of depression. Is it hard for it's you to care blur-ration. about football since then? Yes, since the of course it is. I'm a 49ers fan. It's like some people actually go seek some solace on Sunday with NFL games. And dis- Sunday, Sunday, despite all the Sunday. goofiness happening in the NFL, the 49ers have won like three football. I mean, it's it's insane. So yeah, there's nowhere. I have nowhere else to go. Um, yeah, it's depressing. It's horrible. And that's specifically what happened this season, which is something I'm going to get into a little bit later about how this particular type of season, which we've experienced already with a Brian Kelly coach team, is a very particular type of Disappointment. gut punch. Yeah. It really, really is. You know, the buildup and then the letdown, it's 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 so much worse than just starting off bad, feeling bad and being bad. That's that's not fun, but it's something that you have to deal with. So build the buildup and letdown, at least for me in particular, is the worst. That's the absolute worst thing you can do. Why do you build me up, build yeah. me up, Brian Kelly? Just, just, just insane. Just to cut me down, right. you bastard. Notre Dame loses 20-38. to 38. If you didn't know, that was against Stanford. We're going to talk about that game a little bit. We'll recap the regular season, which is over at this point. Yeah. Talk a little bit about LSU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. does that sound okay to you? Yeah, I have it all. That's how I have it laid out. So let's let's talk quickly about Stanford. Notre Dame was leading this game twenty to seventeen with fourteen minutes left, and yes, that's a lot of football to be played. But as you know, Notre Dame ends up losing by eighteen points. They're winning by three going into the fourth quarter. What is the biggest story for you about what happened here? Is this all about the fact that Notre Dame's not ready to play on the road yet again? Not ready to play a night game? Is the bigger story the fact that Stanford is just quietly who Notre Dame thinks that they are? And, and you know, because somebody tweeted today, Stanford's been to like five New Year's Six Bowls. I think they've been during, to five and they've won three of them. Is yeah. That, is that right? right? I, I mean, had, that's I that's something to that effect. And, and that was probably about the same t- time that maybe Kelly had been at Notre Dame. I mean, they've been to that many. It, it, it's just crazy. Yeah. I, I want to say maybe Kelly coached against Harbaugh once. 
and then Shaw took over in 2011. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds possible. I think so. I think so. No, I did. Uh, I did the math. Um, yeah, Shaw has been to four. I think he's been to four. Yeah. Uh, oh, by, oh, by the way, I mean, major I think, balls in one two. And of I them. think it's fair to say that if there's any possible extra oomph you get being a brand or being a team, Notre Dame's going to get that. Stanford's not. So if there's yeah. anybody that's going to get a bowl that maybe they don't quite deserve, most people out there would say that that would be Notre yes, Dame. Yes, but with Rose Bowls that were you might have a taking automatic. a Pac-12 champion. Right. Yeah. I think or so. that they had to play in the Rose Bowl because the Pac-12 champion may have gone to the championship. Whatever the reason. I mean, I think it just goes to show that that Stanford is. It's it's sad that these two teams get placed in the same bucket. I think traditionally Notre Dame fans would prefer to put Notre Dame in the same strata as like a USC because they have more recent championships and Heisman's and thing things of that nature. But the reality is Notre Dame is in this Stanford Michigan State camp, and depending on how you slice it. Going back a few years, they don't even stack up. I mean, they don't even stack up with a team like Stanford. Yeah, know? yeah, no, it's it's frustrating, and and Stanford's <laughs> tougher to get into than Notre Dame for football players. So, you know, it just it's it's hard to you could you know there were some debates on Twitter like if Nick Saban was a coach of Notre Dame or this or that or all these other things these hypotheticals. I mean, you can say or are are the grades too hard? You know, I mean, it, it, academics, is it too difficult at Notre Dame to compete on a national, all, whatever, all these things. It's like, at the end of the day, it's like, look, I mean, Brian Kelly's lost to Duke. He's lost to Northwestern. Yeah. And Stanford pretty much owns him. Right. So. Smart, uh, smart people places. I mean, come on, you know. We'll talk specifically about this game, though. I mean, for me, look, dude, they were up 20 to 17. And then in the fourth quarter, get outscored 21 to nothing. Yeah, just an explosion. Just, I mean, Stanford just explodes, and, which is not an explosive team and, other than love. Really. And this dude, this this quarterback, um, I, it's been a while since I, I remember seeing all the Stanford stuff, but he's thrown, he had thrown five touchdown passes all season, and he threw four in this game. Right, right. I mean, good grief. KJ Costello, your new Heisman front runner, which is a hallmark of a Notre Dame sure, game sure. Uh, on the West Coast. I remember when I was living in Cincinnati, I, I remember exactly where I was watching TV. Like, Notre Dame's playing at 8 p.m., all geeked up, and Carson Palmer goes oh, out geez. and throws for 500 yards, and it's like, here we go again. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is a repeat with a with a with a freshman this time yeah that i mean that part is just you know that that's what's frustrating you know uh stanford's drives in the fourth quarter go touchdown 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 punt end of game and notre dame goes punt was it, uh after the field goal they go interception interception turnover on downs yeah yeah you know, a lot of pa- you know, more passing than you would like. When we said this a couple weeks ago, Kelly seems to have reverted to the "oh shit, just throw it to Kevin Stefferson and let him bail us out" because we're not really sure what's going on anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the things we enjoyed about watching this team at the beginning of the season have completely vanished. They just totally vaporized, right? And and now you see Josh Adams getting twenty carries for for forty nine yards with the longest seven. Yeah, I mean the guy's got a to- he's had. 
10 runs this year longer than he than he's got the entire you know i just it blow it blows your mind man the the, the collapse is is epic and and disturbing yeah i mean we typically stay away from player specific indictment but i mean t- there's no way there's no other it. way to say it than he just doesn't look the same i mean there's no other way to say that josh adams in the last few games ran out of whatever steam he was running on it was just flat out gone but you know you talk about the collapse and well, here's one of the things I wanted to say about that. Kind of, I want to kind of lump Stanford in with Miami and with Navy because I think most people look at this as, as we've seen many times with Brian Kelly. Now it was a tale of two seasons. This the first nine games, I don't think anybody had any big problems. Maybe some cracks in the armor against Wake Forest, but going into the Miami game, eight and one with only one loss against Georgia, who at the time was you know almost like de facto number one and they're a playoff ranked team and they lost to him by one. So we all know the story there. And you heard me mention earlier in the year the parallels with 2014 in which Notre Dame was six and0 going into Florida State and they actually gave Florida State a very good game and then everything fell apart with the turnovers. But in particular, what we talked about this year many times was, the style and the MO, and we had the conversation about yard points and all these things. Yard points! And, you know, Notre Dame had 15 turnovers committed this entire season, which really is not that bad of a number. They had 15 turnovers. It was in, like three quarters of those or in their last... Four- in, in the last three games, in the last three games, they committed eight of those 15 turnovers in the last three games. In the first nine games of the year, again, leading all, all the games up to and including Wake Forest... The Notre Dame points per game scored was 41. Points allowed was 18. Yeah, that's what so I was, was just trying to do the math 41, on right here. It Thanks was 41 and 18. In the last three games, points scored was 17, and points allowed was 32. Yikes. I mean, it's a complete reversal. Yeah, it it is. was, And the games looked atrocious. The turnovers, and, you know, the defense looked worse. The offense looked worse. Players who you had come to rely on it, didn't have it. The whole thing, and it's like... I, it, <laughs> The ma- obviously the magic was gone. I Wake Forest really was the start of it, I guess. I mean, yeah, they won. They scored forty eight points against Wake, and that's exciting. But you know, Wake was moving the ball. They were throwing the rock all over the place. Right. And and surprisingly, North Carolina State didn't figure out how to stop the run. You thought they would maybe have the horses on the D line to be able to do it. They didn't. Yeah. But at some point, somebody's like, "Hey, I think we we figured out how to stop these guys from running." And Despite you know their best efforts to get the ball to Stefferson and be a one man show, which is again, I mean, we've just seen year after year after year with Brian. Ke- and look, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, you want to you want to feature your best player, but not when you're losing to Virginia with with a minute left in the game and you need to launch it hail mary style to Will yeah, Fuller right, just to bail right. you out. Now Stanford this year is better than than Virginia was a couple years ago, but the point remains, you know. It, here, here's my here's my point, okay? This is what I think is very interesting, and this is what I want to say to anybody out there that's still hanging on to the hope that, that Kelly is the guy. Dude, there's tons of them. They're I all know, over the place. I know there are a lot of people that think that, and here's my take, and this isn't entirely unique, but I just wanted to kind of spell this out. Here is my thing. What happened against Wake Forest may have scared the defense a little bit, but I still think Notre Dame was riding pretty high going into the Miami game. Not a lot of people were predicting that Notre Dame was going to get smoked. I mean, nobody was predicting that. Yeah. Well, because Miami's not that good. Exactly. And we talked about how Miami got themselves whipped into a hornet's nest. It was a perfect storm. Pardon the pun. 
the turnover they, chain, all of it that happened. Notre Dame just walked into a buzzsaw. They and, did. And those games happened. So remember, I want you to remember two other games as I keep talking here. I want you to remember Ohio State and Iowa, which we mentioned. And I want you to remember Georgia getting obliterated by Auburn. At Auburn. Both at of those, Auburn. Both and, of those, that, and that stadium was absolutely and berserk. Bo- and boasted, berserk. Both, of, both of those things were rocking. Now, here's, here's my contention. And again, I think this goes without saying, but I just wanted to say it. Notre Dame players themselves, they understand that they are Notre Dame. And I think their expectation is playoff. I really do. Despite what's happening out in the world of, oh, we're just one game at a time and all this bull crap, I think the players understand when Notre Dame's 8-1 and one and they see themselves well, ranked, I don't care if well, he this says year, they were at a soup Especially, kitchen. they have to. And whether they do or don't in previous years, because somebody else had, when in this comment, not to go, don't let me get too far off topic here, but somebody said, what would Saban's record be if he was at Notre Dame? I said, it looked very similar to what Urban Meyer did at Ohio State, probably. Right, it, right. It, it, like cut and paste Saban and Notre Dame and, and cut that and paste it over Meyer and Ohio State. I think that's what it looks like. A couple Fiesta Bowl, sure. couple Fiesta Bowl rings, probably a national championship. And the guy's like, whoa, you, well, you think he could do that at Notre Dame? It, with our schedule, I'm like, look, Notre Dame is ha- has been more talented than all but ten teams that they faced in the last eight years. Yeah, I think legitimately. So if you're a player on that team, hell yeah, you should be thinking playoff, right? Because Stanford's not more talented than them. USC's pr- maybe equivalent to Georgia, equivalent to. But so yes, you should be. If you're a player, you should be thinking play. And even last year or in previous years when they weren't eight and one, they should be thinking that. Right. They certainly, you know, were thinking. Uh, had high aspirations going into Florida State, you know, before that meltdown ensued. Yeah, exactly. But but I think you're spot on. Yes, they ab- they absolutely should be. And if you look at their recruiting ranking, which we got to make, they got times, the talent. They, they got the, the talent. they got the horses. These and, guys are and four those and guys five should star. be thinking that. All the guys on Notre Dame had calls from Florida State. They had calls from Alabama. They decided to go to Notre Dame. So the point is, they know they're Notre Dame, and they expect after going six and zero in 2014 or eight and one that they have a shot. And when they don't, they are disappointed. Exactly how the fans should be but the problem becomes i think kelly does as well and it shows on the field so when notre dame loses the the dream it all falls apart and this is the biggest problem with people that are okay with the team going nine and three or even ten and two you know this is why it's it's so much less gratifying when this happens, even though you're like, well, nine and three seasons. if i told you at the beginning of the year no i did no i did tell you and everybody else that listens to this show Nine and four. I said, I don't know if they'll be eight and four and beat a scrub team in a in a meaningless yeah. bowl, or they'll be nine and three and they'll lose to a good opponent in a better bowl, which but, might be what happens. It, but again, at the beginning of this year, and it, yes, it was because of the four and eight. But a lot of fans would have said, "Hey, nine and three, we end up playing those LSU." Those people are losers. But they also don't understand the way that this happens. This happened. Because of the loss of belief. Now go back to those two teams I mentioned. And it would be different if Wimbush, as a first-year starter, didn't have things figured out at all. I mean, you know, Notre Dame looked real rusty, you know, starting out the season. I mean, they they beat Temple, but like barely. They, you know, they didn't do well against Georgia. Maybe they dropped to BC or, or... or Michigan State, like if they lost two or three early, and then they started finding their feet, you know, feet against Miami, and just got better and better and better, and and were on the uptick here at the end of the season, you would feel different about that. You're like, hey, you know, first year started with Wimbush, whatever. I mean, you'd still be mad that they were nine and three, but at least they've shown progression throughout exactly. the season that these guys are figuring out. Hey, they had to shake off that four and eight dust, and it, look, and so we were all fooled how fast Notre Dame started this year and the way that they did it running the ball. 
wall. It was just, it was magnificent. Right. It wasn't sustainable, but starting out, it was magnificent. But but they they peaked at the middle of the year and just cratered right. in, in the last third of it. And I think it, the, the, the optics of it would be vastly different if Notre Dame struggled and everybody's like, oh, this sucks. Notre Dame's three and two. Oh, you know, Kelly's a piece of shit, whatever. And then all of a sudden they started, if they were demolishing teams at the end of this, their schedule, the way that they started this, you'd be like, damn it, man, let's go kick LSU's ass. We're, we're on the upswing and, and let's go into next it. year. We're going to the playoff. And exactly. that's, and, and that is, is the furthest from the truth. Exactly. And that's why this season is so dangerous. If you're a fan and you think that it's okay, again, I draw your attention back to Georgia. They came right back to a team that embarrassed them and they beat them. In the SEC, yeah. you know what I mean, and then um, you have Ohio State. Look, Ohio State's loss to Iowa and look, and look, is may as well and, be Notre Dame's loss it, to Miami, right? That's equal. I mean, it was about as embarrassing yeah, and as those Notre are, Dame and losing and to look, Miami. And, and I think, in fairness, those are kind of a function of the environment. Like Georgia, you know, played at Auburn. The place was was nuts. You know, Notre Dame couldn't do and I mean they couldn't go into Miami they just they had no ability to match that hype level whatever but you know the, the truth remains that Miami was a garbage team yeah. you shouldn't be able to uh just regardless of what the environment's like Auburn is a pretty damn good football team sure so a couple Auburn playing extremely well carry on Johnson who's a who's an absolute man child Stidham's playing well their defensive line is sick you know, plus their home stadium being nuts, and Georgia's got a got a, a a big you know fight on their hands. Miami, the stadium was live, but their players aren't. Yeah, they got. I mean, did you watch them play uh, Clemson? They got oh yeah no I watched, they got I destroyed watched the game, they got though. destroyed but they Miami, lost to Pitt I mean they were they, but Miami is good enough to be the spoiler and so is Iowa and again here's the funny thing if I look back on the Miami game I'm almost willing to say look sometimes you just it's everything is working against you I was willing to throw that game away if Notre Dame responded like well, these other marquee right. coaches can you, you, they can Kelly keep just the came, faith yeah, and this they is, can hold the line look at my, Ohio State I, I understand that Ohio State got snubbed. No, they didn't. But I understand that that's the gripe right now. But look, they were the next team in. Ohio yeah. State was the next team in. Notre Dame wasn't even close. Notre nope. Dame is plummeting down the mountainside. Yeah. Yep. And that's the mark of a marquee. You know, a marquee coach can at least say, even though if in my so heart people of People are like, well, how do you explain Urban Meyer game? But hey, look, man, the guy's lost eight games in, in six years. I mean, exactly. You know. So let's take like the, the poetic justice of people that said playoff or bust. That's true. Because when it wasn't the playoff, well, they, they did busted. Bu- they did bust that's yeah, what it was there's no question about that and i mean these other the, teams still the navy understand. game the navy game was shaky uh miami was a beatdown. navy was shaky i mean navy's yeah. not the, if navy had a better quarterback i mean and if this malcolm perry kid would have played he was out i mean i'm telling you that could easily go on the different or if a turf monster didn't get the guy on their trick yeah. you know pass right. at the end of the game could have easily gone the other way I just and then notre, notre dame gets exposed against a good but not great stanford team and i'm not saying that this you know the stanford game it is what it is but that game did not have to happen that way and the evidence for that is again it's ohio state and georgia when georgia lost to auburn did anybody think in that moment that georgia was going to make it i mean yeah. they were embarrassed they were absolutely destroyed in that game which was the same night as notre dame playing miami and then ohio state and iowa again all of a sudden, you're like, oh, Ohio State doesn't have it this year. And lo and behold, they they handle their business. Clemson, you know, they lost yeah. to Syracuse. Yeah. The teams that bounce back and stay with the conviction that they are still the guys, that's, that's part of this thing, of this hallmark of a coach. And 
The other last point I wanted to make about the game is yet again, yet again, Brian Kelly says, and this is funny because five years ago, we would have asked him to take accountability, which he wasn't doing. He was blaming players yeah. two years ago. But now what does he say after every game? I need to do a better job. I yeah. need to do it. Here's what this guy does. He either blames it, it, other, others. Everybody's like, or he man, takes it all on himself. man, you never take the blame. You There's always no just collective. crash. You, you throw Mustafer under the bus for he couldn't make a snap and uh, snapping out of eight inches of water in the middle of a hurricane. Right. right. And you, you know, you know, this guy didn't. And then we applaud him at the beginning of the year. Like, look, man, this guy feels culpable. He's he's taken, uh, you know, responsibility for some of these, you know, uh, previous sins. He's trying to, to to rectify and reconcile some of these things. That's all. And hey, it's and that's an easy pill to swallow when they're ripping off 490 rushing yards against everybody totally. else. Totally. Like, like, hey, you're playing a brand of football uh, that we like, and you're contrite, and you come in hat in hand. But now it's like, listen, man, you're you're blowing lots of assignments, not one. And you're just like, well, sorry, I guess I screwed that one up, too. And yeah. at some point, it's like, listen, fucker. <laughs> Did I do that? It's like Steve Urkel, right? Did I do that? And it's like, you do this every episode. This is what what was Kelly? Yes. Was it Kelly's 102nd game yeah, in Notre Dame? 102nd game. And he's like, I need to do a better job getting the players I, excited. It's did, Stanford. Did you hear what the biology class comment? It's, did you hear that comment? No. He said, no. I, I don't have it exactly. If I'm mis, mischaracterizing it, I think it's something along the lines of, I looked at the players' faces going in before the Stanford game, and they looked like they were sitting in biology class. And whose fault is that? Yeah. Whose <laughs> fault is that? It's your 102nd game. And again, this is the point where, look, if one thing went wrong, Miami, he could have said, look, I, we, we, we got, we, we got, we got, we thought we were getting some honey and we stuck our hand into the bee's right. nest and, and now we, that. our entire hand is the size of, I, I appreciate you doing that once per year, but like you said, now you're just, you just keep destroying stuff and then apologizing. And I'm like, what we're asking yeah. you to do. We're all out of super glue, buddy. Is to, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think he's, he's flirting with a very dangerous media line in that regard because he used to blame others. People didn't like it, but instead of saying, okay, look, we're all in this together. It's collective. He doesn't even use we language he says i need i i i and i'm like well, See, at some point i'm gonna start believing you well do you think he's trying to get fired when he does that i think he's trying to get fired by giving up 21 points to stanford in the fourth quarter yeah man no he's not trying to but i think he's just he's like what do you want from me he's so exasperated that i understand well, what hey, he's doing great that makes two of us yeah i know you know we all know how to play martyr but i'm like dude you can't <laughs> no, you do know, that you're the middle child you, yeah you, right. i don't know how to do that you you, do. you cannot I, the way that that comes out it just started rubbing me the wrong way i'm like you can't keep saying that after every game even though it is well, you well, and, it, you and then and then i saw today the, i'll hold the, you accountable the, 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 today the the comment was something to the effect of um regardless of the outcome of the LSU game, I still feel like we'll still feel like this was a successful season based on what kind of, what kind of Kelly, what kind of defeatist shit is that? Oh my gosh. I mean, are you kidding me? No, the the best thing would ever would be, they come out and obliterate LSU. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm very confident in that, but you never know. They beat him before. I mean, uh, Elko, we'll see. What he's worth, a lot of people wanted to pay that guy whatever he wanted through six games this year. Well, what um, a, Darius Geis is an absolute man-child. No, so. he is. And here's the thing. I, what what I realized this year was, and shame on us for being so excited and duped nine games in, it takes more than a season with this guy to see if it's going to happen. The fact that he well, can manufacture I mean, a seven- to eight-game streak I mean, we and were, blow it up is crazy I mean, to me. despite the cousin JJ, like, oh, you guys are driving the hype train. I mean, look, I mean, they're playing good 
good football. They're running all over people. It's a brand of football we enjoy watching. Question mark. Could this be, you know, Brian Kelly 2.0? Question mark. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like you wanted to look good. Yeah, it, but it even so, like, his argument was they were allowing too many yards on defense. Yeah, and yard that's, points. That's but, not know, what happened against Miami. No, but that is what happened against Wake Forest, uh, that they did let him rack up a bunch of yards and points at the end. And you Did know, you know that Notre Dame had 85 more yard points than Stanford? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, when you throw pick after pick after pick, it doesn't yeah. uh, it doesn't help you win football games. Well, it's games. like what I, I said earlier. Much. Notre Dame was playing a particular brand of football, which was very efficient because of the turnovers. And then all of a sudden, they turn into the give it to the other team three times team. Yeah. I mean, it's like forget it. And no, that was, it was the story that, with Miami. That was and a, yeah, it was the complete juxtaposition of the way the season started. It really was, man. It um, was just the opposite, and that's what's so disappointing. Is it's not like. Hey, you you know, you were this great upstanding guy, boyfriend, you know, you you took me out, you bought me flowers, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you just kind of stopped doing that. It wasn't that. It was like, "Oh, all of a sudden you're a serial killer and you stole all my money." You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. the complete antithesis. It that's why everybody feels duped and that's why everybody feels so upset. You know, well, is is the, it's the it's the whipsaw, right? And, or what, and, and look, whiplash. I mean, at the end of last year, we were obviously pretty vocal that Kelly needed to leave, and you know, there was no reason to believe that Swarbrick would do it, and there's still no reason to believe that there, that Swarbrick's not satisfied with nine and three this year, right? Or right. nine and four, or ten and three. I mean, I think Jack Swarbrick's probably happier than shit, you know, with the way that this season went down. I yeah. mean, all things considered, you know, you got a bunch of idiots out here buying Newt Rockney tribute gear and and you know uh as long as people are buying new Under Armour and putting their butts in the stadium then the the train just keeps rolling on it's just that that's that's life that's the way it happens I mean he said it in his you know in his in his we and we look at statistics interview with Jack Nolan it's it's hashtag business as usual sure and look at what if if you wanted to evaluate this team and you were the AD and you go to the majority of the home games Notre Dame was riding high Adams was never really a legitimate Heisman contender, but he was a long shot for sure. He was in the conversation. Notre Dame was ranked in the playoff rankings. And all you have to do is three, dude. All you have to do is remember those things which happened this season, and you start telling yourself this was a playoff contender type football team. And that's the thing. I mean, if you just say, well, I mean, we they Notre Dame was in the conversation. Well, yeah, I mean they were. Um, and then the now and then they weren't anywhere near it. You know, yeah, then, no, in then, October then, they were. So you know, they were in the kitchen when Thanksgiving dinner was being made, but when it was served, they were sitting with at the kitty table. Yeah, drinking right. out of a juice box. Yeah, you know, I used to while, always, while we're all having wine with the big boys. Over I've here. said so many times on this podcast, you'll know game one if Brian Kelly's turned over a new leaf. You'll know game one, and I'm going to totally take that back. I'm not even going to think about it until thanksgiving next year there's no point why i mean because of what has happened and what he's been able to to do now because even because even if they change their mentality on offense specifically and try to be a power run team and that there's a big question mark of if they even maintain that recognize and i mean look if you're chip long coming in you're like oh hey you've got quentin nelson and mike mcglinchey over here 
Yeah, no, hey, no, I, dude, I've got I've got binders full of three tight end sets that we can run and power, you know, power, power runs to the left. Let's do that. We yeah, got two binders full of tight ends. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I got binders full of players. It's like, hey, we, we run to the left, man. That seems like a pretty good plan to me. That's not hard, you know, to figure out. Right. Um, but, you know, those guys being gone, uh, Kelly's tendency to, to pile more onto a quarterback, like, I mean, as if Wimbush is, looks prepared to even handle that at this point. Um, you know, I, man, I, I don't know if the, even the offensive mentality sticks for next year. That's a big question mark for me. Yeah, I just think that all these people that say, oh, this is okay and this was an improvement, I, I really, really want those people to look at teams that are in the playoff. If that's what you think that you want, look at the teams that are in there. And I'm telling you, it was very dark oh and gosh. gloomy. It was very dark and gloomy for some of those teams that are in the playoff. There was a time when Oklahoma was not going to make it and Georgia was not going to make it. Yeah. They looked very, very bad, but those teams stayed the course. Well, they they stayed true to their they're, identity, they're, they're, which we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, they were resilient. And I don't know, man. I mean, do you think that having the conference championship to play for is what really matters? I mean, is Notre Dame never – they, are they do they have an, intrinsic, or an inherent disadvantage because at once they're – because I feel like, hey – you know, you you lose a game. You you know, just like when they lost Georgia, you are still in the national championship picture. But when you get boat raced by Miami as your second loss, then there really is nothing to play for other than pride. And apparently, these guys have a hard time doing that until we get a little or bit. Ke- or Kelly can't figure out how to motivate him after that point. Well, that's the problem, no doubt. But until there's a little bit more data about whether or not they need the conference championship, here's my stance: what they do need is a big splash late in the season to be in the consciousness. I do think Stanford was a team that was good enough that if Notre Dame went to their well, house... Well, they went to the Pac-12 championship. Right. So if Notre Dame went to their house in the final game of the season and drubbed them, I think it would have been enough in, in the normal season for them to make the playoff. The thing about the conference championship is not what it is if, in and of itself. If they would have beat them like they beat NC State. Exactly. Then it it but the conference championships create an arbitrary, important you know, element well, of the game. And that's what Georgia, well, what, what it Georgia does, rises up I mean, what, because it's a what championship. It, what it does is it gives you the opportunity. Uh, it's like the showcase. Well, of it gives you, you the opportunity to play theoretically a top, another top 10 team, right? So very, if, very if, so late in the year. So even if it's an imposter like Miami, if you're Clemson, you get another marquee opponent Absolutely. and you go out and you kick totally. the piss out of them. Totally. They're like, okay, that solidifies. We had you penciled in. Now it's in pen. Here you go. Here's your ticket. Right. right. So as long as Notre Dame has one of those, USC or Stanford are probably the best candidates. Or you know, next year I know they have like Florida State. And, and they look, can be ba- back. you know, Bama got in without that because sure. they're because sure. they're Alabama. So so it's not we're not saying that you need that championship game. But if you end the year with a USC Wake. or a Stanford who consistently seem like they're pretty good teams, and you house them, you then you're go, in great shape. You, yes, if correct. you end Wake Forest, NC State, you know, Navy, that's not. And the schedule never is like that. Yeah, you always right. have Stanford or USC hanging at the at the back end of the schedule and you always have a chance to stay in the consciousness of the media and everybody and win a big game late that always exists for Notre Dame until proven otherwise so I don't think they need it but that last did, game look, has got to I mean, be a statement I mean you could even argue that their schedule this year may have been a little too difficult now I wouldn't necessarily argue that because I think every team on their schedule was completely beatable weren't they favored in every game that sounds right except for maybe Georgia was a pick em or, or something like yeah, that and maybe they, um, maybe but, they weren't but, against you Stanford, know but, but I mean they, they do finish I mean Sagarin's got them I think one or two 
strength of schedule mm-hmm. in a second, maybe. Next year. I mean, the schedule's pretty tough. Next, next year, year could is, be is even. no joke either. Um, I mean, it's hard to see how these other teams playing a bunch of uh, shitty conference opponents and a couple cupcakes and getting in. You know, maybe maybe Notre Dame's a little overscheduled at this point. Maybe the maybe Swarbrick or or somebody uh, overplayed the need for a conference championship. So they said, well, we got to make sure we have this bulletproof schedule. And maybe they overdid it a little bit. Potentially, I don't know the the you know the the goalposts seem to always kind of be shifting as far as what the playoff committee's thinking. Nevertheless, let's not pretend like this was some. Unbeat, you know, like hey, even when I was talking to Dan on Twitter, but it was the same thing. As a guy asked about Nick Saban go, being at Notre Dame, he's like, "Oh, you think Notre Dame, Saban could have had a Urban Meyer type record with Notre Dame schedules?" I'm like, "Look, dude, we're playing Miami of Ohio and and you know and Purdue and, and yeah. Western Michigan and Tulsa." And Louisville's okay, I get it. Northwestern's okay, I get it. Michigan State, they're decent. But let's not pretend that these are these are top ten programs nationally and or anything the like first that. Year. These aren't juggernauts. This here. is the first year that you can really knock Alabama's schedule top down, right? Yeah, they, yeah. In no, the past, I mean, the yeah, SEC yeah. has been quite stout. No, so let's no, not. No doubt. But I mean, I, I guess my point. Saban's was like, not coming out of the MAC every I, year. Yeah, I mean, let's I mean, not pretend on. like BC. You're when you play BC, you're playing LSU because it's not the same. Right. Even if the records have been similar. Which, which they haven't. But no, I think that's exactly what it is. And here's the stair step. This is how it looks for Notre Dame. There, there's no way they were going to make the playoff, even without with the Stanford game. Even if it was a blowout, they weren't going to make well, it because look at Ohio not, State. Not, after, but, not however, after the Miami debacle. I think, I think it, well, after the Miami game, I think it's fair to say if Notre Dame smoked Stanford, they maybe had a New Year's Six They didn't play. even have to smoke them. They just had to freaking win, dude. Right, right. They, all so they had they, to do is win. And, and I said... I would be, I would support Brian Kelly coming back if they went to a New Year's Six Bowl and they won it. I yeah. would be supportive, not because that's the goal. The goal is national championships. I'm not, I'm not thrilled. But it was probably the most you could have asked for it's this the, year. It's the monkey that's still on the back of Notre Dame that's been there for the last. 20, 30 years. Yeah, yeah. They haven't won shit. So they beat Stanford. And let's, and if you, let's not pretend like whatever the hell bowl this LSU game is, the what is it, the Citrus Bowl? I mean, yeah. let's not pretend that this is, I, I know it's a bowl that's been around, that has a name that people know. It's on New Year's Day. It's, yeah, it's a new, it is a New Year's bowl. Listen, this is not, I'm talking BCS I level. I have that point down BCS. Too. BCS slash national championship, now New Year's Six slash playoff game. Those are major bowl games. Yeah. That's all. That's all. And and again, the the standard is not to just win one of those. That's not it. I mean, it's not like, oh, hey, look, we climbed the mountaintop. We won the Fiesta Bowl. Then that's not it, man. The championship is it. But for a, a program that hasn't done this in 25 years the and for step. a coach that's never done it in his fucking life, right. that's a, a, a logical progression. Am I happy about that? No, I'd rather be playing for the national championship. But for, for the love of God. God, at least scratch something off on your list of accomplishments. Add something to your resume that you've never done before. Yeah. That would be the next thing. Right. And yeah. Win, just win one of these Granted, games. Yeah. Because in my mind, if you go out and you beat an elite coach in a game like that, if you didn't get completely de-pantsed against Urban Meyer in the Fiesta Bowl, if you went to a major bowl game, and I'm not talking about kicking UCF after Scott Frost left. Yeah, right, I'm right. not talking about that. I'm talking about beat a, a, a coach that people would consider an elite 
elite level coach. If you go out and you beat one of those guys, then everybody has confidence that next year, you if you get in the championship, that you've got what it takes to beat that guy. Right. You got the chops it's to like, do it. It's Look, funny you say Mark that. Mark D'Antonio way. has owned Urban Meyer. I have more confidence in Mark D'Antonio beating somebody in a national championship than I do in Brian Kelly. Because at least he's done it before. He's done it before. Or Chris now, Peterson. Not on that same not on the same level, but he goes out, he goes into Urban Meyer's house and beat and, and takes a game from him. They that means something. Exactly. And you it know? was just like and, Chris and, Peterson beating Stoops in, yeah, in the bowl game, look, you know, Statue of Boise, Liberty, whatever. Yeah, hey, right. then, and if you're Washington, you feel confident in that. Yeah. Uh, and if you're UCLA and you got Chip Kelly, you made a damn good hire. And if you are A&M picking up Jimbo, not probably as good as Chip Kelly, in my opinion, but pretty damn good. Notre Dame just sits on their hands and like, hey, we're just going to sit here and fester in this stew of mediocrity. Yeah. Can somebody add some more potatoes? Right, right. And it's funny, everybody, every single year, we don't have to get into it now, but every single year, who are you going to get? Who are you going to get? And my contention, every time that argument comes up, who are you going to get? Okay, let's go back to the first point when anybody in the program whatsoever. Like the first early adopter of the fire Brian Kelly crowd, which was probably cousin JJ, the first person that said it. He started it, dude. When did he say? He probably said it in 2011. He He probably said it in 2011 before they even have the 20. But let's just say you started in 2013 or whatever, right? Or even when they lost Alabama. If you look at all the coaching changes that have happened since then, there's probably 30 guys that could have done it at Notre Dame. If you go back a few years, because everybody talks about the snapshot right now. So if you just keep saying in this instant today, this this minuscule moment in time, in, in space time, who are you going to get? Who are you going to get? Well, the, yeah, the pool is very small, right? Yeah, but right you keep now, saying after that, after you all these jobs that. were open, but right. I mean, damn, who are you going to get? Well, Fisher's already gone. Should, and, and Well, you should have done Chip it last Kelly's year. Already Chip been Kelly hired. was out there. Tennessee's probably going right. to hire less miles. And so you just keep you know, saying it. What, you know, uh, Dan Mullen, who I don't He's not the greatest thing since sliced bread. Florida picks him up. You sit around and and you know play with yourself with Brian Kelly for another year or two. Oh, then then you know watch out. You know, right? <laughs> who's who's the next sleeping giant that you know? No, uh, but it program been... out there. Then they go out and they hire Bob Stoops, and you're like, well, Stoops is gone now. Who are you gonna get? Yeah, exactly. You're like, listen, dumbass. So I don't know who was in the mix at any time, but look at all the new coaches doing good things at places they're at. You know, yeah, and pick you just, pick, take your pick. Was Notre Dame in the sweepstakes for any of those guys? Not particularly. They weren't even because the, all Swar- they weren't even in the game. Because all Swarbrick ever says is, "Well, we're gonna we're not gonna evaluate football until February 11th, and then we're gonna do a statistical and that, I mean, analysis, look, and then by that time I mean, we gotta start planning for the spring game." I mean, so let's just not even talk they're about getting, it. They're getting they're getting talent, man. They've got talent. Notre Dame's always got talent. They got the recruits. They're probably a little weak on the D line still. I mean, if you look at Auburn, if you look at Alabama. If you look at Clemson, I mean, their defensive lines are uh, uh, just insane. Right. And Notre Dame's not. And don't pretend like they are. No, they have Jer- good players that Jerry, are gonna, they're going to play Jerry great. Tillery's having a decent year, but I mean, you know, look, it, 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 these guys, these other teams have five Jerry Tillerys on steroids playing on their front lines. Yeah, you know. And I'm just saying on steroids, you know, maybe, maybe literally, I don't think, I mean, just like to the nth degree, when you see Tillery play is most motivated, he's, he's very good. Listen, now those guys play like that every damn play. Cause if they don't, there's another guy just as good behind them. And Notre Dame just, they're not deep like that on the D line. Right. And let's be honest. If you're like, who has been the best Notre Dame D lineman in the last five to even 10 years, you're going to be like, 
you're going to start making a case for a guy. There's not like a de facto. Yeah, it's probably Aaron Lynch, and he didn't even stick around. Oh man, dude, Aaron Lynch did some. He did some nice things for San Francisco, and, 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 and he it, has a screw loose. But he did it in a pretty short period of time. But at that's ND. the thing. No, you look, have a guy that was there for four. You're going to start making hey, a case for I mean, look, for their, their best, somebody, their best right? run. You had what Knicks and Tuit up front. I yeah. mean, Jerron Jones. Okay, I mean he's nice, but I mean I'm, I'm talking like. Their recru- Notre Dame's recruiting has been pretty damn good. Their skill players have been pretty good. Their line has been exceptional. Uh, defensive backs, you know, okay, but they're just you know the D line is what's is the is what's going to take them. Well, it's the, the hallmark of or, the, or SEC the next guy. type teams. Listen, too. I mean, anybody, if you're going to go out and you're going to win games like that, you either got to be able to chuck it. Yeah, I mean, you you either have to be Oklahoma and you just don't care about defense, which Brian Kelly's tried to do in the past. Right, didn't go well. It didn't go too well. Or, I mean, you actually have to play some good defense. you got to have some good D-linemen. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I just feel like they're going to keep getting talent. You know, idiots are going to keep buying new Under Armour gear to put under the Christmas tree. And... You know, and, and nobody's going to change anything. And yeah. and eight and fives and nine and threes and the occasional ten and two, just you know, yeah. as long as the money train keeps rolling along, so it's just status quo, and that's really freaking depressing. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the macro big sign off here in a second, but let's just spend one minute on on LSU. My question for you is, because Notre Dame has already played LSU, because they're the same nine and three that Notre Dame is, because it's not a New Year's six, are do you get any value out of this game? Is it important to you? You're like, you know what, at this point I don't care because it's not marquee enough. Or is it basically just like the best you can do is not screw up? I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. I, I I mean, I'd like to see Notre Dame win the game. Obviously, I mean, I think that would be a net positive for the for the program. Um, but I really don't care that much. Do you I, feel like the whole maybe like the ills of this season have become too much? Like, could they overcome? I mean, Notre Dame. I don't know if Notre they, Dame is like choking I, no, and look, stumbling across the finish line no, of this no, season. Look, LSU has no, won listen, three I games mean, in a row. Me as a fan, I am choking and stumbling over the finish line of this season. Yeah, you, you know. That's just I'm I'm apathetic at this point. I mean, but I love Notre Dame. I want to see him win. I've, they had a great first half of the season. If you want to call it a magical year, just because of what they did for half the year. What I mean is Kelly's not scoring any points if he wins this game with you. Nah, I is mean, right? it, I don't want to say that. I mean, if they go out and they manhandle him, if if uh, for here here's if they look motivated and they play and they play the entire game hard. And win, yeah. I mean, I At guess least we'll have that. But I mean, for me, really, what's what would be more? I guess what what, what I personally would look for more. I mean, uh, I think it, it's more of can these coordinators put together a game plan? I mean, for right. with time to prepare, because even uh, coaches that ha- you know do well in season all year. I mean, there's some coaches that. Uh, dude, Kyle Whittingham's like ten and one, eleven and one in bowl games. It's ins- I mean, his mm-hmm. his bowl record is just is off the charts. I mean, look, you know, Alabama had a month and a half to prepare for Notre Dame, and and absolutely knew every play they were calling before they even called him. I mean, they knew everything about him. Yeah. So you know, can I'm curious to see can Elko and and Long. What can they do with with a month to prepare? You know, for me, I mean, look, I mean, uh, LSU shut down Alabama's running game pretty well. 
you know? So, I mean, can Notre Dame do something creative? Is it something similar to what they did at, Syr- at Syracuse a few years back with Luatua playing all the H-back and some exotic formations? That was similar to what they threw at LSU in the Music City Bowl. I mean, they did some different things in the Music City Bowl against them that, that were not on tape for that whole year that that just LSU just hadn't scouted, didn't know anything about it. Now, that would help them win this game, but that's not something that necessarily tr- – that's like a one-off. It's like yeah. when we were co- when we were coaching the basketball game and we've been in zone, and then you see the coach go over there and plan all the stuff for yeah. zone and like, hey, let's go, man, just to screw, just, right, just just right to now, screw right. with them. Yeah. I mean, that's what that is. So that's not really indicative of any success next year. At the same time, I mean, look, they got good running back. Uh, Geis is a, is a beast. I mean, I assume he's going to play. I would love to see if Elko can – I want to see if, with some time, can these coordinators go out and stop somebody who's? They're competent. They're not. They're not the best in the world. They're but really they're, good they're, football they're, team. They're yeah. good. They they got talent and, and they're competent. Right. And, and so I guess you can get that. But for me, I mean, I'd love to see him win. But I, I'm. It doesn't matter. This bowl doesn't matter to me. Yeah, and I think everybody probably already knows this. But just to add a little bit of color to that, LSU is a pretty balanced offensive team. They're a 200 team, which means they tend to split and Etling's run and pass, quarterback. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So we're like going to lose to a Purdue quarterback. They're like I mean, a 200 on, run, 200 pass kind of team. They do have guys and, and he's, he's like the number 30 running back, but he's probably a little bit better than that. He's the number 30 ranked in terms of yard accumulation this year, but they don't really have like superstars, but yeah, this is a big time football team. And to your point from the game plan aspect on the offense, I think what the closest Kelly got to looking like a team week in and week out that was going to make the playoffs, forget 2012, because we all know what that was. The closest he ever got was the power running thing. As this you year. said, the fans embraced it. The line is what they've been able to recruit. The defense made a lot of strides. But what the real well, and story look, and with it, Notre Dame— And it shielded Wimbush. Totally, I mean, totally. and played to his strength, which is running the football. Right. So Notre Dame's real lightning in a bottle this year was the power run. What I would like to see is not the gimmicky stuff that nobody's seen. I would love if Notre Dame went back to— to the power and running. There's no way. And look, and, could and, they pull and, it off? And, and, Is listen, it even possible? Listen, man, I'm, I'll tell you this right now. Think of everything you know about Brian Kelly. Everything you know about him. The games where he's basically abandoned. He he's already abandoned the run in this game. It's an, and it's and it's 33 days away. Yeah, he's already given up. He's already decided that they can't run the ball. I can't be. Just, I mean, I hate to say it. But I mean, they're, well, I they're, they're probably working on Ian Book's probably going to start the fucking game well, and they're going to end up just going four see, wide the entire time. And that's, that's what I wanted to say is I'm not I'm really I really want to see Elko have a great game plan because this is this is a this is just a balanced, good team. But, you know, again, this is the number 16 ranked defense in the country. So LSU has a very legit defense. I don't care if Notre Dame beats them by being cute. That's tactically cool. But if Notre Dame's going to win next year, they can't be tactically cute. And see, that's, and that's, they're going to have to beat a team like this by running. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, really, I think you nailed it right there. I guess why I don't care about this game except for what the coordinators could put together. Because winning this game. It's nice if you go to the game and you spend a bunch of money and you want to go see Notre Dame win. Yeah, or especially if you spend a bunch of money to go to Miami for the Miami game this year or the national championship, you feel like you got ripped off. So if you went to the – yeah, I mean, you want to see the game. You know, people want to buy their citrus bowl 
commemorative patches to put on their jean jackets or whatever the hell, you know, the people that buy, you know, ballgame souvenir shit do. I yeah. don't know. Complete your complete your pin collection or something. Yeah. I mean, whatever. But other than that, Give like. a citrus bowl spoon. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> I got the thimble. <laughs> But I mean, but but just to win the game and like you say, do it gimmicky. It's like, okay, you won that game, and you know, I guess the next time I'm bitching about Brian Kelly, some dipshit on Twitter can be like, well, he won double digit games last year, you know. And it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, You know, I would be happy if they won. I guess it's, but but that doesn't mean anything if you win with a bunch of gimmicky goofy shit like that's you can't run an entire season like that yeah that's, so that yeah, exactly. means nothing for next year right. it doesn't and mean you, anything at all you probably you know, know me like i don't i do know I, you i 30 i've been i've known you your whole life you, you know me my whole i love all the bowl games smashed together i love bowl pick em. i love watching football speaking during of the which holidays. bowl pick em, one foot down bowl pick em will be ready to go tomorrow i'm told all right Bowl Mania, uh, yeah, ESPN, bo- Capital One, bo- One Foot Down, SB Nation, the, MD yeah. Fan Radio, Bowl Mania. Yes. Presented by. I like all. Brought the, to you by Bourbon. I like a bunch of bowl games together. Who doesn't watching them? But as a fan of a particular team, I don't care about bowls at all. You guys have probably heard me say yeah, that. I mean, I'm a big they, playoff if guy. If they were playing, uh, I don't care I, about I, the bowl I did games. care about the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, I want to see, again, and not because winning a Fiesta Bowl is particularly. Uh, you know, I it's mean, not it, the thing. It's it, not. It's it, a thing. It, it's a thing. But I also, I mean, you want to see that your guy and your guy, everybody I'm talking to, regardless if if you support him as the head coach or not, your guy's Brian Kelly. My guy's Brian Kelly. His it, our guy is Brian Kelly. That's our coach. You know, and I want to see what his chops are, and sure. I want to see what his chops are against the best of the best. You know. Um, I guess there was some value in seeing him beat Les Miles, I suppose. I mean, Ed Ogeron has actually faced Notre Dame more than any other team in his career, from what I saw on Twitter today. Wow. That was a little Andrew Wynn, uh, at Andrew Wynn stat. Uh, wow. Somebody, somebody had researched that. Gotcha. Uh, as an assistant and, and as an interim coach and, and all this other. Um, but, you know, I mean, for me, it's like, look, I mean, I, I would have, I, I could extrap, I'll put it this way. I could extrapolate more from Notre Dame playing from Brian Kelly facing off with Jimbo Fisher in 2014. I could extrapolate more from Brian Kelly facing off with Dabo Sweeney in 2015. Yeah, I could. I, those those games were more meaningful to me than LSU in the Citrus Bowl because of who the, he was coaching against. Right, or Urban Meyer in the Fiesta Bowl. Correct, right? same thing. Yeah, in Alabama. And if you look, I mean, again, and we said this before, not to beat a dead horse, um, but Brian Kelly's faced every active coach who's won a national championship. Yeah, he faced the, every single one. Of them. He's never won a game, and so I, I. And for me, I mean, again, if you're if you if you are in the administration, if you're on the board, if you're Jack Swarbrick, if you believe the bullshit that you tell everybody about, we're pursuing excellence and all this stuff. I mean, if you're really buying that line of crap that you're selling everybody else, then then I, I think things like that matter. Yeah. How's the guy doing against all the guys that are winning titles? And right. Not not good, Bob. And he also played Les Miles and Bob Stutes, who are not active, but both of them had titles. And Les Miles is the only person he beat, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, and Les Miles got fired. Yeah, so as a final <laughs> as a final parting shot on the bowl here, I want everybody out there to be very careful about, let's just, I think it, there's a tendency for Notre Dame fans to just call this a New Year's Six Bowl because it's on New Year's Day and it, it's LSU. It, it, it's, it, it, it's not. It's not. So Come let's on. let's be very careful with that. And it's so Notre Dame, right? Like, 
like you get what well, looks like a New Year's Six bowl, <laughs> and it's on New Year's Day, and it's on national. This TV. is a bro, this is a bro, this is a Brolex. Get. I got a Brolex. Exactly. Dude. This is so Notre Dame. It's not even <laughs> funny, right? You always have. We have a national TV contract, even though we probably don't deserve one. Yeah, but it's we're, all, hey, never mind. Don't mind, don't mind the fact that it's on NBC and nobody can. <laughs> right. Exactly. With no other college football, it's like we're we're sort of in the ACC, but not fully in the ACC. And this is sort of a New Year's Six bowl, but just remember that it's not. And Notre Dame needed to beat Stanford to be in one, and now they're not. Okay, so as we move to wrap up here a little bit, I, we talked a lot about the macro, but I'll, I'll just start with my take, and then you can maybe kind of wrap it up. Is that all right? Is that sure? All right. Look, I'm going to blow you away with a serious hot take here <sighs> to open my final macro uh, sign-off. Kelly really isn't consistent. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say he's really not that bad. And that's why this has been such an emotional roller coaster. I know you guys all know this, but I think it bears a little bit of pointing out. It's not just the fact. It's not Coach Osinko. I think that that nickname, while funny, is a is a real misnomer of what has happened in Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame. What I can't deal with, and the reason why I'm over this little. 10-year experiment right this is like a longevity study or something this is the longest we should we should we should have buried like a time capsule when he was hired oh my gosh and, i and know go pull yeah, out your, right? your creative nomad mp3 jukebox yeah your... <laughs> pulling it out yeah oh my gosh like the spread was just coming into the game i mean all sorts of stuff it would have been insane when you look back on it yes there have been some eight and five seasons and that is the mean that tends to revert to but when but Brian Kelly has won eight games, eight games, 12, nine, eight, 10, four, nine. And it's that it's the 12 up to down and then back up to 10 and then all the way down to four. It's what you can't deal with, right? Because all of a sudden it's like, not enough happens, if this makes sense. I don't think enough happened with the roster. I don't believe that this team was like atrocious, you know, without Deshaun Kaiser and all that kind of stuff. Like how does, how does all that work and how does all that you happen? You mean to go from the four and eight team to this? Exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. it's because there's coordinators that actually understand the game of football. So the point is, you know, something has to be happening in the coaching, which we've talked about ad nauseum, for the team to whipsaw like that. There are some other teams where you do lose a ton of seniors, right? And they actually go down. Yeah, no, that but, happens But with, even if with you look teams. at a microcosm of that, how do you go out and you pistol whip USC, who's a, basically a top 10 sure, team? Sure. And then you go out and you get curb stomped by Miami, who's a friend top 10 team. Right. So let's look at LSU, okay? LSU is arguably in the same boat that Notre Dame is right now. They've they've arguably had about the same experience in the last few years, but listen to LSU's wins in the time that Kelly has been at Notre Dame. It's not that many more, but it feels a lot more consistent as a fan. And I don't think LSU right. is where— So you're, are you including less miles in here as well? Yes, then? this okay. is, just you're goes you're back to 2010. 2010. These are different coaches, okay. but think of what an LSU fan has experienced. Mind you, both teams are 9-3. and three. Both teams are very close in the ranking. Both teams are probably thinking, the guy we have is good, but it's probably not the guy, right? That's yeah. probably where both teams are uh, thinking right fair. now. Yeah, okay. LSU's wins. And mind you, they're on a downward slope, so they're probably getting a little antsy down there. Well, they fired their coach. Yeah. 11, 13, 10, 10, 8, 9, 8, 9, all right? Notice there's no 4 in there, and there's no 12 and then 4, or 12 and then, you know what I mean? It has tapered off, and they know that they need to make a change. Yeah, But, but even, that's different but to even me if, than going from 4 to, and it's even not with, just going from 4 to 9. Even without last year, even without last year, which should have been, have been a fireable season in and of itself, but even without that, 
the the reality remains that and and don't look at I mean I'd almost prefer not to look at it as wins but rather losses. I mean you're losing an average of four. I mean he's losing an average of four and a half games a year. Yeah, four and a half games. And again, I mean if you look at the talent of Notre Dame, it, there, there's no fucking way that they're playing four t- teams per year that are more talented than them. No, there's no there's way. It's not even close. They probably don't play. There's t- no way they haven't been favored in four games. Uh, every single year. Season. I mean, think about that. I mean, I, I, I have to go back and look at it, but I want to say with a nine and four season, this would have brought Kelly's average up to 8.42 wins per year mm-hmm. and whatever mm-hmm. it was, four point something losses. You're losing four games a year. Mm-hmm. Look! Look at this year's schedule, which is one of the toughest ones. People can in, in in this is this is the one that people say, "Oh, you think Nick Saban could win a title at Notre Dame with Notre Dame's schedule this year?" Look at their schedule. It's Sagarin rates at number two. Okay, number two, Temple, not better than Notre Dame. Georgia, probably equal. BC, not even close. Michigan State, nope. Miami, hell no. North Carolina, nope. USC. Kind of close, mm-hmm. yeah, close. Okay, maybe, maybe a little. Oh. NC State, nope. Wake Forest, nope. Miami, not yet. They'll probably get there soon. Navy, nope. Stanford, nope. So you have two teams of pro- basically equivalent talent. Yeah, USC, Georgia. I mean, that was it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And and so if you lost those two games, we'd still be pissed because you lost to the two good teams on your schedule. And that's why even a ten and two is not necessarily impress. It, it, it could be impressive, or it could not be. But if you're losing four games a year, and this is one of Notre Dame's best schedules in recent memory, yeah, then you then and then think of it: you're losing games to shit teams, yeah, to Louisville, to Northwestern, to Tulsa, to South Florida, to to you know Michigan State's and and Michigan teams that aren't that good. And it's like if you p- pile up four of those every single year. Of teams that are, are don't have the resources, don't have the talent, don't have the history, the panage, the pull, the any damn business being being beating you, yeah, none whatsoever. It, it, the guy loses four games a year, right? It's a, it's, he loses a third of four yeah. of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's not one. Urban Meyer lost to Iowa. That, it that's my point. Yeah, exactly. Dabo Sweeney lost to Syracuse. Th- those things happen. And that's happen. when the guy's like, "Well, how do you know? How do you explain that LSU th- lost those, to Troy? Yeah, they right. lost to Troy this year." <laughs> That happens. Yeah. But, but they don't lose to f- Troy four times. C- correct. In a year. And that's what he said. He goes, well, you know, Kelly, he's, he's entitled to a letdown game. And look, Urban Meyer lost to Iowa by, th- okay, yeah. But and he for some per- against Miami. But for, he could have. But for some perspective, he's also lost eight games in six years. Yeah. yeah. Brian Kelly lost eight games last year. Right. Last year. Right. I, I mean, just, look, you're talking, I mean, Navy, I know. They're tough. Nick, Kenny Matalolo, I love. The dude's a badass. I mean, God, I'd do anything to have Kenny Matalolo be Notre Dame's coach. I mean, don't at me. I just, I, <laughs> I'd love, I just, I would love to see him. Probably with, not happening. I would love to see him with Notre Dame's You just talent. need to reply when people are like, who else are you going to get? You're like, Coach I Ken. Do, trust me, I do. You don't follow, you don't, you put, be, at Irish Tightness on Twitter, feel free to engage me in a Kenny Matalolo debate. Yeah. Um, no, but look, I mean, the, the, the teams that they've lost, they just, he's losing four games a year on average i'm not even going to focus on the four in and it's i'm not going to be a brian kelly hater and focus on the four four win season and you don't need to be a brian kelly homer and focus on the 12 because as i said at the beginning of the year uh neither one of those is reality this guy is is an eight nine win coach which is 
20 or 30 percent better than Charlie Weiss. He's better than Weiss, but not much. Yeah. And that's not the benchmark. Just saying that the guy's better than Davey and Willingham and Weiss. Listen, if that's your standard, then, I mean, good grief. Enjoy your $90 Under Armour polo and your, you know, and all the money you're going to spend uh, watching watching a team that's going to choke away four yeah. games again next year. I just, I just, you know. I just can't get over the transitions. I mean, if you look at, look, it's fair to say that last year was the worst that Notre Dame looked under Brian Kelly, right? That was the worst they looked. I mean, in, in the duration of it, they didn't. They never looked worse than four and eight. You, I mean, there's on no the way. Whole, yeah, on the whole. Yeah, that was I the mean, worst they looked. And yes, but I mean, the Miami game was worse than any game last true, year. That's true. But I'm talking about for a few games, week in and week out. It was the absolute worst they looked. And look, the coordinators mean a lot. They re, they fixed the glitch. They mean a ton. But I think it's also fair to say that leading up into Miami this year, or up into Wake Forest at least, that was the best that Notre Dame ever looked under Brian Kelly, including 2012. Yeah. That was the no, best Notre Dame looked all too. around. That was the best all-around football team he had. So what's the – yes, the coordinators are huge, but when you look at personnel, so all you have to do is lose your NFL-caliber quarterback and get a brand-new quarterback, and then all of a sudden you're, you're, you change yourself into a power-running team. Like, it just doesn't compute. And what I'm tired of is – getting sucked back in to this is like a tidal wave right like it's pushing you one way and then the undertow sucks you down and then you get sucked back out to sea it just i'm getting seasick from it you know again just kill me now if i was i I can honestly say i hate to say this i'm never going to be okay with nine and three and the people that are out there you're right it's a loser mentality but if brian kelly was nine and three nine and three nine and three nine and three it would feel a lot different yeah. than this you don't yeah. even know where feel it's like coming Bo, from feel like bo Pelini. this is boxing I mean, blindfolded right and every once in a while you're gonna land a punch and it's gonna feel good but you have no idea where it's that, coming from uh, with that, this team that's what it is and it's just starting to drive me absolutely nuts it's if, just now starting to well it has been the entire time uh-huh. but i finally was able to wrap my mind around it's just it's this swinging up and down and all around and how is this team Yes, the coordinators. I mean, that needed to get fixed. But again, if it, all the differences is something that's very logical, like let's just run the football and that produces another five games. And let's not call the extra five uh, wins this year. Everybody thought I was an idiot the last four no, years for and, being like, they just need to run the damn five ball. Mo- and five more wins this oh, year. Teams just run the ball because they're winning. They don't win because yeah. they're running. Blah, 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 blah. Right. You that's know, not like, just no, five extra I mean, wins. I'm not saying that those were like equivalent to last year. Let's not forget Notre Dame was one of the top rushing teams in the country. They were the number three playoff ranked team they had only lost to georgia by one i mean this is the best notre dame had ever looked and then you said it miami was the worst they have ever looked yeah. and i'll grant you yeah. one other game than, other than alabama maybe i'll grant you one they're game both, they're both death bucket sure. games sure but then you come back against stanford and lay that egg and it's like you don't that's, even care about your reputation that's the thing, that's the thing I can't man deal with it's it. like look you got punched in the face and you got knocked down okay even good boxers get punched in the face and get knocked down. Are you going to get up off the mat or are you going to be a bitch? And, I mean, you can't call the Navy game getting up off the mat. I know that they were leading in the Stanford game. They were up, and but, but I it mean, didn't look the same. But, look, I mean, I mean Josh Adams with 49 yards on 20 carries and, and giving up 21 points. And getting carved up, you know, getting carved up it, it, by a QB know, I've never b- heard by of. a QB that's had that almost threw as many passes against you as he threw the entire season. Mm-hmm. And I mean, God, I don't even know why people aren't even talking. David Shaw must be the QB whisperer. Sure, shit isn't Brian Kelly, right? But Hogan, Luck, 
Costa. I mean, yeah. God, David Shaw is the, is the low key QB mastermind that nobody knows about. I don't know how this guy can figure it out, and and Brian Kelly can't. Um, because even the man ball, you know, fullback, bang him out, uh, you know, Stanford oh, team can put out a, a quarterback that looks like, you know, the second coming of Steve Young. Yeah, and you just said it. A team that plays to their competition, uses physicality and power, and is also able to keep a quarterback from being a head case. But who are you going to get if you fire Brian Kelly? Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to get Shaw, yeah. right? But yeah. you know what? Let's be honest here. You know, listen. Okay, he, I'll just leave that he, pause he, there he, for he, you. He ain't coming to South Bend, probably, but I, I'm with you. I'm just I'm, saying. I'm with you. Like, I, let's quit I, saying who you're going to get. Yeah. There are people that are doing it better yeah. and cleaner there's, than the other no, guy. There's no shortage of people that are more consistent that, uh, that win more big games than Brian Kelly. I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, you can't. Nobody can argue that. Does Notre Dame beat LSU? Yes or no? I I think they do because there's so much time. I hate bowls. How there's so much time. I think that. I don't know. Do, I don't know. Do you care? I don't care because it it scores no points. Yeah. It scores no yeah. points. You know what? No. I will predict no. I will Dang, predict no. Easy. I mean I, I said yeah and then I walked <laughs> it back. So I predicted no. They I should. hate the swing, so they I'm gonna should. I mean, uh Notre Dame's still tenth in Sagarin. Isn't that crazy? Notre Dame's tenth in Sagarin. And we're talking about how Brian Kelly shouldn't have a job. They're going to lose by three. They beat him the last time. They're going to lose by three. Notre Dame is on paper four or five points better. Neutral site game. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame's more talented. What time does the game start? I don't, is it dark? I don't. Probably not. It's it's in the state of Florida. I think Brian Kelly. Oh, it's during the day daylight. I don't know. We'll be okay then. I don't know if it's in daylight. We'll Brian, be all right. Brian Kelly's never won a game in the state of Florida for Notre Dame, as far as I, as far as I know. Really? Okay. Uh, mm. Florida State in the Champs Bowl. Florida State at their house. At their house. Yeah. Uh, the national championship game. Never played Florida. Played the, South Florida. The Miami at home. game, and I think they Miami. lost to Navy in Jacksonville's NFL Stadium. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Gee. They're gonna lose by three. That's my I prediction. I mean, but I, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter I mean, to I, me. I hope they win. I mean, I, I'd love. Of to course, see I do. Him. I'd love to see them win. Uh, that's it. That's uh, that's all we got for time. Check out uh, onefootdown.com for the Bowl Mania. Bowl Mania, the indie fan radio, started many, many moons ago. Took to her loyal sons, brought back to ourselves, took the one foot down, handed off the one foot down. So if you've been in the Bowl Mania in the past, it is run by the site now instead of your favorite indie podcast. Yeah, but jump in and get in and go get talk you. some smack and let us know who you are and go get you some. That's it for us, Indie Fan Radio. We appreciate everybody listening. Thanks to One Foot Down, our gracious host this year. Talk to you soon. Go Irish. <laughs>